Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Merry. Hey, now today, I thought it was time to enhance our attitude. That's right, we have on the show, the Attitude Enhancer. Now, I just thought, look, sometimes a local attitude's not good enough. Well, let's go the international one. So she's talking to us all the way from Pittsburgh, I believe. Will you please welcome to the show, Julianne Sullivan. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Warwick. I'm so happy to be here. You're one of my favorite people, and this just gives an excuse us an excuse to have a chat. Well, we've already been chatting for about 20 minutes beforehand, and I've said, <laughs> well, we've better press the record button. Hey, um, as I like to ask all of my guests before we get started, uh, what is how, how do you define success? So you've done some amazing stuff, and you've worked with some huge companies, and we'll talk about that in a sec, but how do you define success for you personally? Well, for, you know, I thought a lot about that when you asked that, uh, when you sent me a note and I was thinking about it as I was walking the dog this afternoon. And for me, success is when I am physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually congruent. So when everything is firing the same, it's kind of like you can be at a job that you don't like, but it gives you a paycheck you want. Is that really success? I don't know. So it's when everything lines up. That's that's what success is. And the interesting thing about that aspect of life is that it can change, you know, all the time. Like at every moment, something else could be successful or you may not feel successful And you have to be flexible enough. You were talking about flexibility today when I was reading your newsletter. And you have to be flexible enough to notice what's going on in your life all the way around. Or you could miss that successful moment. So what have been a couple of times where you've had to be flexible with your definition of success? What are some of the the, the areas you've been flexible? Like every day. (laughs) Well, I'll give you an example. One of the things I've wanted to do this year very badly is have a mastermind group. And I had a mastermind group for a while, and then it kind of dwindled away. And I've always really wanted to do that again and uh, have that accountability and uh, people to support me and see beyond what I see. So... um, And what that looked like to me was four or five people meeting every month or so in a group. But what's happened in my life is I have several people, one I meet every month, another one I meet every six months, another one I meet every four or five weeks, and another group of women that we're going to get together for an all-day mastermind. So I could still have in my head that a successful quote unquote mastermind group would be four or five people meeting every month, but it's coming to me in a different way. So I could either ignore that or I could say, oh, I'm getting what I want 
it just looks a little different. Yeah, okay. Great. And I, and I think that happens with clients too, right? When you work with a business, I'll give you a great example. I've just started this new endeavor called Your Corporate Podcast, where I'm going to go into companies and organizations and create internal podcasts for them to engage, inform, and celebrate. That was my idea. My very first client wants to utilize it to inform their public. So I could look at it and say, oh, no, that's not what I've intended. <laughs> or I could go along with the client and say, oh, okay. So I'm already discovering that every client, which I knew was going to be unique and different, is just going to feed me, right, more information and ideas for me to carry forward. Yeah. So that's a success. Just because it's different than what I pictured doesn't mean it's not successful. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, isn't it? When you're working with a client and you're selling them something and they like the idea and then they're like, but what if we, and all of a sudden the final product, you can see shades of what you originally talked about, but it, it really has either gone completely left field and it's just as successful as if you had done the original thing because what you're doing is satisfying a need that the client has. <laughs> Yeah, right. In fact, it's probably more successful because how about this for an idea? You're listening to what the client needs. And I always ask them, you know, what are you trying to achieve? And if they can still do that with their idea, you know, I'm not the most brilliant person in the world. I'm not dumb, but, you know, I don't have every idea. I know that's probably upsetting to you. Well, it shocked me, I must say. taken aback but yeah I think it's so that's a big part of how I say I'm different than some other speakers trainers consultants because I really want to listen to what my clients going for yeah and that could shift what success looks like yeah very much so so tell me a little bit about um the the attitude enhancer because you've worked with some big names like McDonald's, um, uh, how do I pronounce Disco University? How do I say that word? Duquesne. Duquesne. Du- Duquesne. Oh, God. Yeah, it looks like Duquesne, but it's Duquesne. It must be the French one, eh? Duquesne University. It's <laughs> very nice. Uh, uh, and Bayer, US, Bayer, the, the, the chemical company. So you've worked right. with some of these organizations, you know, talking about attitude. So what have been some of the, the issues that these big corporates have with attitude? Is it, as you were saying before, their, their employees have retired. They just haven't told the boss yet. They turn up, don't really do the work, get their paycheck, go home. I think that there's a disconnect between leadership and the workforce. And, you know, I also have um, a podcast and a special series on businesses that care. And re- there's so much research out there now about how important it is to have that connection between leadership and the workforce. Like it has to be a family, a team, uh, you know, all for one and one for all to use a cliche. But if you miss that, then you miss uh, a, a stratosphere of success within the organization. It doesn't mean you can't be successful, but it does mean you could be even more successful. And for many years, many, especially large companies, really big companies, 
they get really stuck in the status quo. But it's worked, but it's worked, but I've always done it this way. And uh, I actually find it's more enjoyable for me, not that I would kick any you know, big company away, but to find those intermediate, medium-sized companies that don't have so many layers to change. Yeah. So when I worked with McDonald's, it was really for a division office, a district office. Yeah. Right. And so it was easy to work within that district and do something for them as opposed to McDonald's as a whole, because there's so many layers <laughs> to go through. It makes it really difficult. Yeah. But I just think that it's just that that connection has become proven to be more and more important to be for everyone to be the best they can be for the organization to be the best they can be and for each person in the workforce to be the best they can be and when people see that there's an avenue for them to be the best they can be um, they tend to be loyal and work harder and smarter and great problem solvers and Okay. So on. So, hey, really interesting your comment about, oh, we've already done it. This, we, this is the way we always do it. We've always done it this way. How do you deal? Like, because I know for many coaches, consultants, business workers, even a new employee who's trying to do something different comes across that whole, oh, no, that's just how things are done around here. We've always done it this way. How do you deal with that? How do you try and get them to step back and look at, well, there, there, there is a possible other way that may work even better? You know, as I've gotten older and smarter, uh, I don't beat my head against the wall for too long. Yeah. I just had a client come to me and say, our workers are really stressed out. And, you know, they've got a lot of paperwork and they do a lot of work after hours and et cetera, et cetera. And it's just really difficult for them. So I found out what their pain was. And then I said, okay, let's do this, this you know, let's take a survey and do this and then I can do this training and we can do this and then afterwards we can do this and really come up with little phrases that they can use with one another to carry this forward and they can have less stress. And I was like, oh, well, we can't afford to do that. So I just went, okay. And, and that was the end of the conversation because they're not serious. Yeah. So... When you say, what do I do? Well, I can show them ways in which they can do that. But if they really are committed to, well, we've never done that before and we don't want to do anything different, then they're not a good fit for me. Right. I need people who will get uncomfortable and try something new. Yeah. Are you finding those people um, rarer than before? Like, is it harder to find them? Are people like continually set in their ways? Um, I actually find it just the opposite. And, and I'll tell you the story about the series Businesses That Care. So when the idea of that podcast is to have companies come on and share, you know, an idea or two that they do to, to increase employee engagement and make a better workplace. I always say create a workplace where people get up in the morning and they want to go to work instead of a, the movies, for instance, yeah. you know. Yeah. So um, and. What 
in the beginning of doing that podcast, I was having a really hard time finding companies to come <laughs> on. And I was thinking, you know, maybe like people, nobody but Google is really doing this, you know. Um, but that has really changed. And I don't know if I'm seeing more and reaching out to more companies, but I'm finding more and more all the time. And it's very uplifting to me to find these companies and what they're doing. It's fascinating, right? Yeah. When I interview them, it's, uh, I interviewed a moving company the other day, a moving company. Who would think that a, the moving industry would care about being inspirational, right? Yep, yep. And in every truck, they have a sign that says something like, Remember today, you're doing a job that somebody else can't or doesn't want to do. Do it well. What a concept. Yeah, yeah. To treat movers like they're important human beings. Yeah. In the scheme of things. So I'm finding, but again, they're medium-sized companies. Yeah. They're not the great big companies. Again, you know, if... Uh, some big, large company wants to come and have me work with them. I'm happy to do that, <laughs> but I'm not going after them. Because with a lot of those, a lot of those larger companies or the "oh, we know what we're doing" kind of companies, there is this inertia that you have to get over. Like they'll say, "Oh, we're into change and, right. and stuff," but what they're talking about is we'll use the latest technology. Their mindset around change or being willing to let stuff go or to or to shift their perspective they're less likely to. Have you found well, that? Well, one of the things I do find in, um, you know, in support of the larger companies is that they are hiring in-house trainers and developers, organizational developers that find the kind of work that I'm doing, they're doing in-house. So okay. many of them are doing that instead of, taking people from the outside because they can afford that, right? Yeah. They can afford to have a training and development department. Yeah. So, so some of them are doing it and some of them are, have already caught on of how important it is to have a chief people officer. Mm -hmm. And so they're working on their culture all the time. Oh. Um, but these medium sized companies, they can't afford to do that. Yeah. And they've got, they know that they need to do something and they need some help and they have a budget allocation for it. Because some of the, the micro companies, they just don't have the money for it because it's flying by the seat of their pants. Right. All right. So let's talk about your business. You're the attitude enhancer. You're running a business um, <laughs> by, uh, maybe not by yourself. I know you've got a few subcontractors to do a few things for you, et cetera. How do you keep your attitude up because running you know from my own experience some days i feel like i'm king of the world and other days i can barely get out of bed you know just like oh, the, i oh. never have that <laughs> <laughs> so it's that whole you know who teaches the teacher kind of thing you know so what do you do to keep your attitude in those moments not that you would have them but you know but, but in I those do. moments where you might need a bit of uh, enhancing of your attitude Right. How, do you, how do you deal with that? When you know you're going to rock up to a client and go, oh, everything's fine, but you don't quite feel that way. Well, first of all, I got to let you know that the moniker of the attitude enhancer is gone. I've kicked <laughs> it to the street, by the way, because um, 
it became confrontational with people. Right. Right. So they're like, well, I don't need my, you know, they became defensive. So I, I let that go. But okay. anyway, uh, it's still a concept I use it in what I do. But for me, and I've said this many times before, and I say it to clients and I say it when I do trainings or keynotes or whatever, uh, coaching, consulting, is it's in the pre-work. Like you don't get to that day where you feel like you don't want to get out of bed or nothing's working right. Um, and technology is, you know, kind of thrown you out the window for the day, which happens if you use technology, it happens. Uh, it's the pre-work that gets you through that. So my pre-work is I learn to breathe. Like I can feel myself when I'm starting to lose it. So I force a smile on my face and I breathe a couple of times. I must have a hundred reminders around my house of the person I'd like to be. So no matter where I'm sitting, I see like 10 or 20 reminders or things that make me smile or things that make me laugh or uh, really important messages. For instance, you know, Nito Cobain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and head of High Point University and just a tremendous human being. And uh, he handed out a bookmark once and it says, don't mistake the difficult for the impossible. Now that is hanging right in front of my face. I see it every day. So that's what I mean about pre-work. But uh, along with pre-work is I'm showing you this little guy. And if you saw Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the baby I am Groot. It's, it's a little Groot. And so I went to see that movie with my son and I turned to him. And in this voice, I said, I want a Groot. <laughs> So for Mother's Day, he gave me a bobblehead baby Groot. That's fantastic. And, and, and I just keep it on my desk. So, you know, it could be anything. Yeah. But I, I think it's important to do the pre-work. And the other side of that is when you do catch yourself and you do make the switch, when I find myself, you know, on the phone with customer service and really wanting to just choke their lights out. <laughs> um, I stop myself and then I congratulate myself for stopping myself and being a kind human. Yesterday I was talking to Amazon and the guy must have said four times to me, I got to tell you, I really appreciate how frustrated you are and how kind you're being. Because I have people yell and swear at me every day. Yeah. So I think we have to do the pre-work. I think we have to be aware of when we're feeling like that and allow ourselves to flip, right? Instead of beating ourselves up, go, oh, guess what? I'm human. And then move into a different attitude, a different perspective, and then do a little yay me. <laughs> It's great. That's great. Do you think that we have this pressure on ourselves to be perfect or awesome all the time or to always be that sort of up person? Do, 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 do people in general have too high expectation of themselves? I think it's, I am not a perfectionist and I really empathize with people who are because that is a really tough road to go to be a perfectionist. 
Um, I've never had that. I want to be really good at what I do, but things just aren't going to be perfect in life. So I just kind of go with that flow. Um, but I think as solopreneurs, especially, right, because we don't have people around us going, you're fabulous. Um, <laughs> we're our own worst enemies. So one of the things I, when I, I do a presentation on strategic disengagement, and one of the things I talk about is at the end of the day, instead of going through, I didn't get this done, I should have gotten this done, I meant to do this and I didn't, I didn't do this well, I'm going to have to redo this. Instead of doing that, taking time and looking at what you got done. Yeah. And then again, taking the time to go, yay me. Yeah. <laughs> So you're obviously a fan of, of celebrating success with your yay me uh, kind of thing. Um, how, what are some of the different ways you celebrate success? Um, well, I utilize my speaker friends because, first of all, you can tell a speaker friend a success and they don't think you're a bragger. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, and I have one friend who lives on the street here and I can tell him about my success. And he doesn't think I'm a bragger. So I think you need certain people. Otherwise, well, first of all, most people don't know what really I do. So they don't get it. And, uh, you know, having somebody uh, connect with you on LinkedIn can be a success, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's the right person or the person you've been hunting, it, yeah, it's awesome. Exactly. So um, I've got people that I can do that with. Yeah. And I'm very good at celebrating on my own. Because yep. sometimes that's what I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's re it is really interesting, and I'm sure that you know for all the listeners out there, no matter what business they're in, people who are not in their line of business or or doing a business like no one else truly understands what you do. Like when people say to my wife, "What does her husband do?" She's like, "He drinks a lot of coffee and talks rubbish for a living." <laughs> um, I don't really know. You know, because some people just don't get it, and that's okay. It's just, it's just different. Yeah, well, just think about it. If you're an engineer, right, mm. and you're trying to figure out how to make a corner in a building, and you and I would go, "Who cares?" Right? <laughs> but his engineer buddy would go, "Wow, that's brilliant!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they understand. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Every profession is different. So I think you have to have people that you will understand you, and that you can share with, you know, uh, I'm part of a group called Power Women of the National Speakers Association. And we have this thing called Trumpet Thursday. <laughs> and it, it's a space to go in there and go, yay me, I did this. Yep. Right? Fantastic. It's a safe place without people going, wow, what a bragger. You yeah, know, yeah, instead yeah. people go, good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because for some people, as you say before, the success may well be, I've got that connection on LinkedIn. And for other people, it's like, I've landed a big deal. And for some people, it's like, I got out of bed today and had a coffee. You know, it's, yeah. it, it is varying. And it, I think it varies in our own life, right? If I drank a lot of water in a day, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. something I'd like to do. Or if I read an article about somebody who I think is amazing. And then I sent them a connection on LinkedIn and they connect with me right away. It's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so speaking of blow your trumpet Thursday, we might have a blow your trumpet November. So now you, you were speaking earlier, you've got a book coming out. 
I do. This was, uh, I'm a part of the C-suite network and I'll tell you this little story real quick because I think it's very useful for your listeners, whether they're, they've got a home project or a business project. So one of the things that happened at the C-suite advisors meeting, um, was that all the authors brought their books and gave them away for free to all the C-suite advisors that were there. So I don't know if you know Phil Jones, but he's a great guy. And he wrote this little book called Magic Words. And it's not 50 pages. And if there's 200 words on a page, it's amazing. But it's a great little book, right? So I picked it up and I was with two other ladies and I went, I could write a book like this. I have enough content to do this. And then the two ladies I was with, Kathleen Caldwell and Sheila Anderson, said the same thing. And Phil said, why don't you do it? And we just kind of looked at each other and we realized we were waiting to do that big book in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, we didn't have a book on topic to what we were doing now. Yeah. So we made a pact. That's one of my mastermind groups. We're called the Publishing Divas. <laughs> uh, Phil said it's not true till it's on social media. So he took a picture and we put it on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, and that's it. So mine is going to be uh, a list of tips to create a culture of engagement. Fantastic. And I'm going to have a word. I'm going to have the definition of the word. I'm going to have uh, an explanation of what's in it for me, because that's very important, like who cares? Yeah. And then I'm going to have an actionable tip to take right then and there, and then I'm going to have a probing question about that word. So I think the first word's accountability, and the last word is vulnerability. Okay, fantastic. And that, that sounds great, because nowadays, if you hand someone a big book, they're just like, oh, now I've got to read it. Whereas a nice yeah. little quick, easy to access, easy to absorb book like that is going to be a lot more consumable. Well, yeah. And they don't even have to read the whole book. They could just yeah. open to one page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so Phil, of course, his thing is that book's made of millions because it's a calling card, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, this it's, is what I'm capable of. This is This is my vast experience in 50 pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know... Um, with with my book, and I'll just flog my little book here as well. Go get, ahead. It's get more show. success. Uh, no, get more inspiration. Dot com. Hey, uh, I know that one. Um, like yours, I I tell people it's specifically designed not to be read, and they get very confused because it's two hundred and seventy five pages. And I said, no, no, it's only got one or two pages per little vignette. There's over two hundred vignettes in it. Just have a flick, read the thing, and then put the book back on the shelf. Get the inspiration and move on with your day. Or you might read it and go, he must have been on drugs when he wrote that one. Flick to another <laughs> one, read it, and then put it on the shelf. And you know, So it, there is something powerful about having something that's a resource that you can easily dip into and dip out of. Yeah, so I'm really excited about it, and I'm so happy to be working with these two women to um, push me forward, right? Yeah. Like I, I got... I got to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Accountability. Oh, my looks are lordy. Oh, hey, that's um, so, a word in there. Yeah. <laughs> so what else is in the future for you? Uh, you? You know, you've said you're working with this company doing their podcast, which was supposed to be internal, now going external. <laughs> um, 
what other things are, are on the agenda for Julianne Sullivan? Well, I'm really focusing, like I said, I have a new website coming out, hopefully August, and uh, I've spent a ton of time on that. I There was a, a designer that did some work for me a year ago, and um, I waited a year for him to have room to do work for me again, um, and so I'm very excited about that. So that's been very time-consuming, uh, but very rewarding, like... The new website is inviting, and when I look at my old website, it looks very static. Yeah. So, so that's been big. The book, which you know, I want to. It's going to be done by November, so that's a lot of work. Yeah. And really, this new endeavor of your corporate podcast, which I'm very excited about, and as I talk to other people about it, they're really excited about it. And you know, I love podcasting. Yeah. And it allows me to use my expertise in workplace culture and my passion for podcasting and meld the two together. So I have, that's it. That's what I'm doing because I have realized that I am definitely a squirrel type (laughs) of person and I could be doing 10 things at once, but I've quit doing that. Yeah. And I've kind of had a lull this summer and so... I'm using that to do these kinds of projects like the website that takes a lot of focused time. Yeah. Right. And it's going to be a busy fall. I have a lot of uh, trainings and stuff coming up in the fall. So I'm really utilizing these months to get these other projects done and off my plate so they won't be crowding my brain. Right. Um, You you said there that you realized that um, and it, we, you've implied that the power of focus is what works for you by just having the the three key things versus doing a, a little bit of everything and not actually achieving much. What are some of the other lessons that you've learnt about yourself and your own business over the years that you wish you'd known earlier? How can we help our listeners to get a head start on um, on what 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 they can do to do their business better, quicker, faster, more? Well, I think about this one uh, going uh, into the uh, National Speakers Association conference whenever this is going to be aired really doesn't matter. But um, I think one of the things when you start out or if you've had a business for 20 years, it's the same. Whenever you ask for advice, counsel, coaching, or anything like that, you must understand that what works for someone else may not work for you. So you can't, nothing is gospel. Like no business advice works for everyone. So I wish I would have known that when I listen to people, I have to see if it fits instead of going, oh my gosh, now I got to go do that, do that, do that. Well, that didn't really work for me. <laughs> oh, no, they say to do this. I was just talking to somebody else, and, and we've had similar coaches, and they all have totally different approaches. So that can't drive you crazy. You just have to see what fits. The other idea I would have is understand that not everything is going to work for you right now. So You can go to a conference and you can hear about got to make videos, got to do YouTube, got to, okay. 
but maybe that you don't have time for that right now. Yeah. My feeling is good ideas will come back again and again and again. And when you're ready, they'll be even more refined. And yeah. certainly when you're talking about technology, they're going to be different. And then the other would be, if I had to pick three, would be that nothing's ever finished. I can't tell you how many people I know that never get their website up because it's not done. Yeah. Really good is good enough. And I'm always changing my website. In fact, what I try to do is keep notes about what I want to change and then maybe every six months update something that I want changed, you know, yeah. not words because you can always change content, but, um, your website's never going to be perfect. Your book's never going to be perfect. Jessica Pettit tells a hysterical story. Uh, she had like 60 people edit her book. And when she finally got the first copies, they misspelled her name on the last page. <laughs> Fantastic. So, you know, but that's a good lesson. Like yeah. nobody's going to care. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's not the point of the book. And if you look so, at a lot of the people who have who have done amazing things, it's that what they've started with has been, you know, I'm sure rough and chonky that it's been tweaked as they go. Um, I, I heard very early on in the piece, someone said it's there's a difference between being good and being there. And sometimes you just, you want to be there. So, you know, as you say, good enough sometimes is good enough. You know, it, it does. Yeah. And this is what you were saying before. Perfectionists must just suffer. If they can't let it out until it's perfect, they must suffer. Well, they'll never get anything done because yeah. nothing's ever perfect. Yeah, yeah. So the book is the same way, right? Like I want to write a 275-page book. But in the meantime, I have no book that deals with my expertise at the moment. Yeah. So I can still write a very valuable book and it's not going to be 275 pages. Yeah. And if I still want to write that 275-page book – I can do that later, but yeah. maybe I won't. You know, who knows? Yeah, and just to let you on a secret, the 275-page uh, book that I wrote, the last 10 pages are blank. But that's a different story. So. <laughs> thank you. Hey, Julianne, thank you so already. much for your thank you so much for your time today. If people want to get in touch with you and find out more about your corporate podcasts or other things that you, you you're talking about, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, go to my website, Julie, J-U-L-I-E, Ann, A-N-N, Sullivan, S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. Um, and yourcorporatepodcast.com uh, will be up in September whenever this comes out. Uh, and um, you can look at Mere Mortals Unite. Uh, that's my podcast. And a part of that is businesses that care. Or they could just call me. Seven two four nine four two zero four eight six, and I have no idea what the code is from. Yeah, that's Australia, uh, that's but... an American phone number, so you have to <laughs> do your international code and put the country, yeah, you have to country do code some work one. If you want to talk to me on the phone, got to talk to America. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. You know, it's always a pleasure. And if you listen to businesses that care. The intro and outro is by our very own Warwick Mary. Why, thank you very much. You've been listening to another episode of Get More Success. I've been your host, Warwick Mary. Thanks so much for your company. I look forward to having you again next time. 
Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and we hope you can get more success.